five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything related to the Vancouver Titans. This is Chris at Lightforce, the usual voice that puts you to sleep on a long, long drive, joined as always by Omni at Omnistrife and Sam at another Sam Chan. Gentlemen, welcome to the playoffs. I like how there's this big silence. Like, are you so starstruck that the Vancouver Titans have made the playoffs that you have nothing to say? Or were no, both of you trying I'm, to figure out who was going to talk first? No, I'm just uh, sitting here waiting for the playoffs to start. I have nothing to say until it begins. So <laughs> the last time Vancouver had a team this good, there was a riot. And it should be noted <laughs> <laughs> that the, that same team may have been playing Boston. Mm. And who do the Vancouver Titans face? Spoiler alert. Oh my! Boston. You think uh, there would be an uprising uh, in this? <laughs> oh man! In, in maybe an Overwatch. This is going to be a classic episode already. Yeah. But uh, spoiler alert: the Vancouver Titans went undefeated in Stage One. They are one of three teams so far in the two seasons of Overwatch League to have gone undefeated. And what's uh, unique about that is there were two teams that went undefeated in Stage One: New York Excelsior, also seven and zero. Yay. Mm -hmm. Ah. We've known that for a week. (laughs) But uh, playoffs, they are starting on Thursday. In fact, our very own Vancouver Titans play the uh, second game on Thursday. And then from there, who knows what's going to happen. So in this particular episode, we're going to dive all into the Titans win over the charge. We're going to talk about the playoffs. We're going to talk about the fact that there is going to be a watch party, an official watch party for the stable and playoff finals. Uh, we are talking about the PTR patch that is no longer in the PTR because it is live stage two changes. Like I, guys, I think we're going to have like a two hour episode here. Mm, probably mm. we should finish before stage two starts though. Should like, I ate dinner first? Moving the payload. Join me. Vancouver Titans beat the charge four nil. And I, I have to give Sam credit because credit is due, even though he actually gave us two picks. But he did say if the Titans were to win, they would win 4-0. And Sam, you got one right. I think that's the first one I've got. Finally. First one. One one for seven. (laughs) (laughs) Better than the Valiant, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. The, The Titans ultimately never looked... Well, maybe... In Ilios, a tiny bit early on, but I mean, they look to be in charge of the charge the entire match. Like, I don't think it was in doubt once they got the win on Ilios. Like, at no point did I ever sort of feel all that concern. Um, and I'm kind of wondering is that a good thing for the Titans to have had going into the playoffs? Like, 
would you have preferred them to have had more adversity to to continue to keep their you know eye on the game, so to speak? I don't know. I'm fan, so I don't need any more adversity in life. Yeah, I, I kind of like how it finished. Like, it, it's not that they didn't have any adversity, right? They had a bunch of tough matches that it might have lost. I, I prefer it that way. Like I said before, I would always take a, that ugly win over that beautiful loss. And, yeah, I'm quite happy that they're done. They were tested plenty of times, but final record is what counts, and I'm happy that we're on top of it. And, um NYXL is looking at us from below and uh, it makes me happy fan. Yeah, and I think even on Ilios, like we lost the very first map. So right. so was there nobody in the room thinking, oh, here we go again? Yeah, they have this warm-up mentality. They like to play with their food maybe <laughs> before they uh, go for the kill. Can't eat it too hot. True. Well, you look at Ilios and the Titans rolled out twice and ultimately decided to make changes. Like it, it, it's, it's really odd that they went to play their opponent, realized that their opponent was doing something that they didn't predict and decided let's concede uh, space, time, ticks just to go back and, and reset, which ultimately also costs alt economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've seen that now both against the charge and we saw that against the hunters to some respect. What are the odds that the Boston Uprising, who the Vancouver Titans play in the first round, decide, hey, you know what, let's see if we can get into their mind early? Or do you think it's just going to be goats versus goats and Boston's going to hope for the best? I mean, they have to, I guess. Like, they know. There was uh, an appearance from Fusions uh, recently on Oversight, I believe it was, on a podcast. and And they said they are well aware of all Vancouver and their strength at the goats. And they... Also, Fusions also mentioned that they are also happy to uh, play against uh, the Titans more than against NYXL because apparently, uh, well, we'll see if they still uh, <laughs> repeat those words after we, we've done with them. But uh, yeah, like you said, we look sometimes shaky a bit and they will have to come up with something uh, um, to catch us fast to catch us off guard because if they go straight up goats i don't see how they are able to i don't know given it even like compete with us and i think i think they're happy to be in the playoffs a little bit i mean they were thanking the titans for right and get in um i mean i'm I'm not going to completely doubt against boston because every time we do that they seem to surprise us a little bit but but this is that rope dope strategy that I was talking about. Like I was watching with a buddy who didn't didn't doesn't watch a lot of Overwatch games, and I mean for for much of the the initial maps anyway. I mean as, as it got two zero and three zero, it, it became kind of obvious. But but it felt very much like the charge were in control of the map. Like they were getting the picks they wanted, they were getting the limbs they wanted. Bumper was dying first as usual, but then Vancouver always finds a way to win those kind of four v sixes or the or the two V5s, or I, I don't know the numbers. I don't have the sheet in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of just flip things around. Yeah, it looks like uh, Titans have this weird strategy of uh, calling. Uh, they kind of set up a mousetrap and, and bumpers, the big cheese on top of it. And, and you kill him, but then snap, <laughs> the entire yeah. team kind of falls on you and you're done. And then and, they get that, like, they got a Chara pick quite a few times. And, and that, that really changed the game. Yeah. Well, we, we look on Ilios, and I think it's safe to say that the the Ilios loss on Ruins was the Titans coming out 
and trying to, you know, outcharge the charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we sort of saw that against the the hunters to some respect. Um, on the money, I never really felt worried on the money, especially when the the Titans came out on attack. They did real well on that first point with that uh, killer rotation. And while yes, on defense. You know, the charge were quite successful at capturing the point. The Titans used the the map to their advantage by sort of being able to duck into alcoves, uh, getting away from, uh, who was it that was playing the uh, the Sombra now? Um, Kib? Was it Kib? No, Kib was... Uh, uh, it, was uh, uh, it was Happy. Ha- happy, yeah. And yeah. Eileen was switched off, so... Yeah, yeah, because right. Kib came in for Eileen. Kib was the, the Farah for the most part. Right, right, right. And... Once the Titans were able to sort of slow things down, you could tell the charge were were starting to almost short circuit to the point that they went into the the goats themselves, and the Titans come uh, countered by throwing Soman Sue onto Sombra. Like it was it was really an interesting transition um, between those two matches, and I mean or maps, and then subsequent to map three, uh, I joked in Omni, uh, you were there that. Uh, Quite possibly, uh, Bumper's alt key had been rebound to like M1 or like <laughs> some random character. Like, so in between maps or uh, defend to attack phases, you know, they were playing around with them just to prevent them to, from from tossing his earth shatter. Like, Nambani, especially, like you could almost tell he wanted to do things. Yeah. And yet was almost reserved to the point that he was being told when it was al- he was allowed to. Yeah. It's. I think when uh, Salmon Sue was playing on a Sombra, they finally kind of clicked together. It was impressive to see Salmon Sue uh, actually flex to that here because I don't believe we saw it played in the first significant times. Bumper is, yeah, that's how he is with the chatter. He's not that conservative to say the least. It looks like he has it on cooldown of like eight seconds anyway. So (laughs) feel free just to spam that Q. Yeah, which comes first, the fire strike cooldown or his earth shatter <laughs> cooldown? Probably the charge, though, comes first. Ah, yeah, that's it's true. My bad. Um, speaking of a charge, Volskaya, the Titans lost the record for fastest attack by eight seconds. And ultimately, it was a Zen alt that was able to slow them down enough. Um, but but was, before you proceed, though, that record is for a map that was lost by Chengdu. So if you count only the Volskaya maps that you win, then we do hold okay. the record. <laughs> fair, fair point. And you look at Volskaya and how the Titans were able to hold long enough on point A to, to essentially, even if it had gone to overtime, I don't think anyone in their right mind saw the Titans not being able to, to go in with a significant bank. But again we saw a slightly different Titans setup bumper, not doing crazy bumper things, at least until the end of defend. Um, and, uh, with a charge off the map, because, you know, thank you for flying Ryanair where we go down with you. <laughs> um, and that actually, that sort of changed the dynamic. Like the, at the, uh, unofficial watch party at the railway, the collective, groan when that occurred like it's it's gotten to the point now where that happens and everyone (laughs) knows like oh my goodness but you raise this point that when bumper drops it's as if the titans are then able to sort of snap the mousetrap and that's ultimately what occurred uh we tweeted this out 
uh, earlier, uh, uh, well, today, we're recording on Tuesday. You'll hear this on Wednesday. So this would have come out yesterday for those listening now. But there was uh, uh, some statistics that showed deaths per 10 minutes for uh, their tank line. And Janus got like two per 10. And Bumper's got like 12 per 10. Like I think between a two tank team, it is by far the largest gap. And yet here's a Vancouver Titan squad that's seven and zero, and only functionally were pushed to the limit by teams that simply got them out of their own meta. So long as the Titans maintained their game, they were by and far on top. So I'm, I'm kind of curious how that will, will play into the playoffs, which I, I think would be remiss to mention. Uh, Matt for Dorado, we have to see some hijinks, and yet I would still say the Titans took it seriously to get that uh, map differential and bump them up. Took it above serious the, uh, enough to, to clean up. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, but, but what yeah, about that mousetrap? Just like one more thing. I, I'm actually starting to become more and more convinced that they are letting that mouse trap they're letting bumper die. I, I know they'd never admit this as a strat but i mean even think about not not even comp even when you go in quick play and you see like a ryan charge out of position everybody focuses on the ryan because you know once the wall is down yeah then, then everything caves in like at any any level of competitive play when you see that ryan go out of position you attack the ryan and that's how you know logically you're supposed to win the team fight yeah and they anticipate it it's just planned everybody like thinks oh Here's that Ryan, and it's basically a, a carrot they're, they're dangling in front of the team, and they win the fight after. So for anyone who might suggest that Bumper is feeding, if I'm hearing the two of you correctly, it's actually the Titans asking Bumper to feed because he's actually the poisoned bait attached to that mouse trap, so to speak. Can you say otherwise after we basically won the round the stage <laughs> no so I, far I, so good right yeah I, I can't i can't question the strat it's it's working and if that if that's actually a strat if that's what they're doing i mean that's some next level matter right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true it's like oh it's easy to beat vancouver they're just they're, the ryan is throwing bumpers just throw well have you seen the record have you seen who stands atop of the league so far? That's the same team that throws their Ryan away. Before we talk a little bit about the uh, the matchup against Boston in greater detail, uh, Matt Fordorado, Uh why did I like that so much? Well, one, we actually got to see Hoxall on a Genji again. And two, we got to see a boost to Genji go after a Bustio. And not only just a regular <laughs> Bustio, we got to see him go after uh, uh, Lucio, who proceeded to solo ult himself. <laughs> and when that wasn't sufficient to get out, get away and uh, survive a boosted Haxel, it was also a requirement that their Anna pop her alt to give him <laughs> survivability. I'm thinking that's a fair trade when an a Genji and an Anna can combine to have both support alts go bye-bye on solo characters. Kind of the similar pattern to seeing your uh, Ryan throw. It's kind of another another trap set up by the Vancouver Titans. <laughs> that felt very much like a quick play match. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this was the thing that I couldn't quite understand. Like when I saw the Titans going with sort of that weird... I don't know, DPS experiment, like, oh, they're having fun. But in the same instance, they didn't bring in Stitch. They didn't bring in Repel, right? We didn't, we didn't see any 
substitutions take place. So that led me to believe that they're trying to play it serious enough. And even with them sort of goofing around a bit, at no point did I ever worry. Yeah. Yeah, it was clear that they wanted to be that team with the best record. Yeah, no doubt. And and they did switch, like Haxel did switch off to Genji when the, as the st- clock started ticking. I think they, they spent a considerable amount of time trying to get, you know, some highlight reels in for Haxel on, on a Genji. And then when it got serious, it felt very much like, um, what was that first 4-0 they did? Uh, against Shanghai, I think, maybe a little bit. When it was like, oh, it's time to get serious. It's like, okay, let's just go cap the point. Yeah, it was clear to both teams that yeah. nobody, and Titans are winning this match. So it kind of felt like they're sparring, like a bigger opponent yeah. sparring against a weaker one. They're like, yeah. okay, you think you're going to win? Boom, and you punch them out. Yeah, and I, th- I think charged through a little bit too. I don't think that was their, their yeah, best match either. They lost hope at yeah. the very end, I think. So, Bumper post-game was interviewed, and while Bumper still has a big brass set, he was asked... Who do you believe is your MVP? And I think everyone to a person thought Bumper was going to say Bumper. (laughs) But Bumper did not say Bumper. Bumper said Twilight. And he went along the lines of saying, why? Because he keeps me alive. I thought it was Soman Su. Uh, Was Was it Soman Su? Yeah. Although Twilight would be an apt answer too. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, but I think that that's just indicative. Bumper knows that he's a tough rhino heel. And maybe it is next level meta coaching, what have you, but uh, um, it's just interesting enough to know that maybe, just maybe, teams aren't maybe focusing on the right player or right players to -hmm. beat the Titans. Well, Bumper is uh, covering everybody essentially by going uh, head first into the opposing team so they can't do anything. As far as Bumper's concerned, there's only one line that Reinhardt says, and that's, uh, let's step into the fray. <laughs> Anyhow, Boston, Vancouver made possible because the Vancouver Titans beat the, uh, Guangzhou charge, even though the Vancouver Titans were uh, perceived to be Thanos, uh, courtesy of the, Hang- uh, the Hangzhou, uh, spark, which I guess that was like, you know, Chinese teams stick together, but we got to see a, a Vancouver graphic on Hangzhou when they weren't even playing each other. I think it was non-playoff teams stick together. No, Okay, maybe. Um, if you're the Boston Uprising, you're cheering on Vancouver because you know you want to be in the playoffs. Obviously, you want to be in as opposed to out. Are you that happy that you're going to face Vancouver? Although you could argue that maybe Vancouver is the crazier of the two top teams being NYXL and obviously the Titans. I'm, I'm wondering if Boston is maybe regretting what they had actually wished for. Yeah. Well, was that or nothing? Right. So yeah. true. And I, and that's why I will concede. Like if Vancouver doesn't win, Boston is out, but did maybe Boston think that at no point Vancouver would get the four Oh, like, and I mean, again, I, I don't know. You got Boston had a choice of, NYXL and Vancouver at that point, based on the fact that uh, we saw some craziness happen over the course of the weekend. We'll talk about that in the fray. Yeah. I think uh, most teams right now is still prefer to play Vancouver over New York, just because yeah. of the pedigree. I think that's true. And even though I believe that Vancouver might even have the edge right now and is actually more proven than New York, 
I think still teams will be able to convince themselves mentally that they have a better chance against Vancouver. So that's why I think they uh, would rather play Vancouver over uh, NYXL. And and I think as as pro gamers, they think every game you got a shot, right? So right, which you do, but yeah, and, and yeah. you do. So you show up and you give it your best shot, and away you go. Well, it's just like the BC Lottery Corporation says: you got to be in it to win it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right. But um, I'm excited for the Fusions bumper kind of matchup. I think. There's they're the two most aggressive rhymes in in the league. Battle of, of of the Chads. Yeah, so many, who's, who's gonna fly yeah, off? The so end. many Chads these days in the league. It's hard to keep track. <laughs> well, if we look at the two teams, I and mean, let's be realistic, does Boston stand a chance? Nope. Nope. Nope, but I also like ranked them like 18th out of 20th. So, <laughs> <laughs> or, or what, whatever it was, whatever rank I gave Boston, it was to always going to be too low. So, so, but, but I mean, Fusions is really, really good. Aim God is really, really good. When you have really, really good players, I mean, also like who knows what Bumper's eating these days. He could have uh, eaten the same thing Jonak had. And I don't know. You have to sub Hooreg in or something like that. <laughs> So you mean uh, the uprising are going to take uh, the Titans out for some fire noodles on uh, on yeah, Wednesday maybe, night? Maybe some fire noodle celebrations. Like, hey, congrats! Uh, you're first in the league. First chat. First shot at it. Let's go out for some fire noodles, and then boom, upset. <laughs> yeah, looking at it seriously, position by position, there's nobody on uh, Boston that's better than their uh, opponent on the Titans. Not in the faux DPL, DPS line where you will see the Zarya slash um, um, uh, Brigida. Uh, n- obviously not in the support line. And Janu and Bumper, again, I don't think they can compete. Yeah, and I, and I think the main thing about Vancouver and I think why it's been so fun to watch is, is I get asked a lot, like, who's the best player on the Titans? And I always like have a very, very hard time you know, saying who, because the strength to, to steal from the Utah Jazz, sorry, Chris, the strength mm. of their team is their team. And and the whole whole reason they're able to do all the different goofy things that they do is because they move as a unit. Like, they're always together. And, and that, like, that's very hard to kind of pick apart. You know who I believe didn't get enough of a credit for the stage? Haxal has been so good on the Brigida. When they caught that Volskaya uh, push, capturing it so quick, it looked like he like the shield bash was the sword dash. So it was like bash resets. He kind of <laughs> killed three people on the on the point, and he was so clutch during the entire stage. I mean, because it's Brigida, nobody likes to talk yeah, about like, that character. We call it Brigida Jail, right? Like, but he was so good on that character. I, I was actually quite surprised to see how well he was popping off left and right. Uh, I remember that map that they had in Sanctum against Chengdu. He basically like bashed away from from uh, you know the precipice, and he was back on the on the point. It was insane. Then he booped off. I believe it was Dev. It doesn't really matter. What I'm trying to say here is like everybody on that team has played out of their played their brains out during the stage, and everybody deserves equal credit. Even though like some are more you know the sexier yeah. heroes in the goat meta, 
But in the preseason, we spent all this time awing over Hacksaw, and we barely spent any of the stage talking about him at all, right? Right. I think he was by far the least talked about hero during uh, the stage. It's just, it's just Brigida Jail. Yeah. Sure. Well, before we go and give our prediction uh, for the Vancouver Titans and Boston Uprising, although I think it's quite clear we've already predicted a win, uh, let's talk a little bit about the stage playoffs themselves. I know it's kind of odd that we're talking about it here in the payload, but I thought it's appropriate considering we're already into the playoffs now. So how do the playoffs work? Well, there are eight teams that made the playoffs. The rest of the teams, they're getting to play uh, with Baptiste all they want. How the playoffs work is the top seed faces the bottom seed, and then the next top is the one up from the bottom, so on and so forth. So we've got it as one, eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five. It is a seven match playoff instead of four. So in the quarterfinal, Vancouver, Boston, they will technically play a quote unquote best of seven. That's not actually true because the way it works is that it's the best record after seven matches so if there are two draws a record of three two is declared the winner the higher seeded team picks the first map that map can be any from the stage one map pool the loser then picks the next map so you lose you get to pick the following map they play on the winner however gets to choose whether or not they attack or defend and no map is to be played twice in any match, which prevents the Vancouver Titans from playing Hollywood North the entire time. <laughs> now, after the quarterfinals, the bracket is then reseeded for the semifinals. So what does that mean? Well, what that means is that the highest seed remaining will be matched up versus the lowest seed remaining for the first semifinal, and the remaining two teams will go in the second semifinal. So, hypothetically, the Vancouver Titans were to win, and the next lowest seed happened to be the seventh seed, then that would mean the Vancouver Titans would play seed seven. So, unlike a traditional bracket, where once you get your placement, you can define a pathway through whichever teams they might see, that's not the case here. So, for those keeping score at home, that means there are actually two teams that the Vancouver Titans cannot play until they see them in the finals. And that would be the New York Excelsior and the Toronto Defiant. So hypothetically, the Vancouver Titans, should they beat the Boston Uprising in the semifinal, could see any other team that made the playoffs. And last but not least, the semifinal and the final are first to four. That means, quite simply, the first team to win four matches is declared the winner. If there are draws, they keep on going until the team's got four wins. Did you guys get that all? Holy crap. So you this is a podcast, so you guys can't see me shaking my head. But, I mean, Overwatch, if you're listening to this, the explanation was longer than Vol- Vancouver on, at Voskaya. I'm not talking on attack. I'm talking the whole map, man. Uh, like, like, just make it simple. What What was wrong with what what was in the stage? Like, why don't we just repeat it? It's not even a real playoffs. It's the stage one playoffs. Like, like you've got a lot of new fans. Like, introduce them to something they've already known. Stop creating new crap. Like, uh, you know what's crazy? Yeah. That was my Cole's notes version. Of the playoff rules. So again, for those of you who are on the podcast, 
reacting to this, just like Sam, we actually tweeted out a little graphic to help you follow along. There's four mm. bullet points. It'll help you, you know, again, keep track of what's going on this weekend. But you are right, Sam. It is some crazy stuff that happens in just the stage playoffs. Uh, it's a whole different level of crazy for the uh, actual season playoffs at the end of stage four. Was that the one where if, like the first place gets to pick their opponent or something like that? I read oh, that I, I, I don't know. I haven't actually got that far in depth into the rules uh, that uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, our, uh, our friend, RSP staff member, uh, Michael, who uh, found the rules and shared them with me. Uh, it is an interesting read. Those overwatch league rules. Yeah. Well, esports are complicated. <laughs> if you can't like figure out, they even made a t- coin toss today, so you, you can just uh, see. How <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, we haven't even gotten into that part. <laughs> no, that's that's all in the fray. But uh, seeing as we've gotten close to the end of the payload, let's talk a little bit about predictions. Uh, we know that Vancouver is going to win. I think the three of us are all on board with that. Now, the difficulty is I get that it's hard for us to go and predict because it's a seven-match playoff, draws, blah, blah, blah. But what do you think the the score will be? So, so let me let me get this straight. If they win the first three, do they still play the last four games? Like, Or what if they win the first four? Do they still play the last three? Oh, gosh. That part wasn't all that clear, and I would imagine they <laughs> wouldn't. Like, It doesn't make sense as to why, because there's no, at that point, your, your play doesn't tie into any future matches. So I think once someone wins four, it's a done deal. So I'll, I'll put it out there simply. Uh, we're going to lose one map, but win all the others. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know so the so order. But so four, one, right? Like, I think I'd go with that too. Four, one. Yeah. Okay. I'm Three. actually, I'm going to go with four, two. Okay. Somebody has to be four, right? Like that's, that's how it's structured. Well, technically, no, because if there's ties, yeah, as soon as draws take place, that then neither team gets a win. What's unclear is that that creates the potential for after seven matches, like a three three, right? (laughs) Tiebreaker for a seven match game. And I, and I, I'll be honest, in in reading through, there may have been discussion about a tiebreaker for, uh, a seven match game, but uh, again, it's it's some crazy stuff. Uh, I'm going to say four two. The two of you said four one, so let's see if that is the case. And one last thing, and this is just for those of you who are curious where they might go and watch the Stage One Playoff Finals. Well, the Vancouver Titans are hosting an official Stage One Playoff Final watch party at the Sports Bar at Rogers Arena from twelve noon to three p.m. That is on Sunday, March twenty fourth. Uh, not Saturday, like Sam may have uh, mistakenly thought. Yeah, I swear it was on Saturday, but whatever. Anyhow, I will be there from uh, Ready Sapone. I imagine Michael will be Sam. Doesn't sound like you're going to be making it in uh, Omni. You booked a vacation at the most inopportune time. Well, I'm going to just enjoy the the, the finals uh, from the Hot Springs at Harrison. So uh. <laughs> I swear we're secretly going to just see him like running around with Hannah on stage. <laughs> <laughs> So well, you got me shook, <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for these meddling kids. 
a few other details about the watch party is that you will need a ticket, although all tickets will be general admission. Those should be made available uh, via the Vancouver Titans Twitter account, probably sometime on Wednesday, that being hopefully the day you're listening to this podcast. Otherwise, uh, make sure you follow the Vancouver Titans on Twitter or us at Ready, Set, Pwn. We will be sharing the details as much as we get them. Uh, all the TV screens will have the uh, the uh, playoff uh, or final on. Uh, and as a note, for those of you who can't make the watch party, uh, ABC will be airing the Stage 1 Playoff Finals live. We're talking U.S. Network TV, one of the uh, the quote-unquote big three, which is huge because in the United States, that's a big TV market, and ABC is going to be showing it through Prime Sports Time. For those of you who don't know, Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, that's popular sports uh, airtime, so pretty cool news. Nice. So we'll take a short break as we always do. We'll be back in a moment. in the fray and as we always do we take a look at the league and the week that was now there is a lot of information that we're going to be talking about here in the fray and i thought it would be easiest for us to just quickly go back and revisit our match of the day for the rest of the owl weekend we because we actually saw some uh, interesting stuff take place we obviously also told you who we thought was going to uh, be the game of interest so just to quickly recap, uh, we had the game of interest collectively as the Boston Uprising versus the Dallas Fuel on Saturday, and our game of interest on Sunday was the Atlanta Reign and the Houston Outlaws. Um, did that hold true? Uh, n- not really. Not really. I mean, Boston versus Dallas was quite nice because of the reverse sweep. They, they fought hard to get uh, destroyed by the Titans in the playoffs, but... Mm, Chengdu versus Atlanta was probably the, the the best game of Saturday. The well, okay, so on Saturday, you know, yeah, Chengdu in Atlanta definitely was a compelling game. And actually, here, let's for those of you who don't know, run through the scores. Uh, Paris Eternal beat the Washington Justice two one. Seoul Dynasty three zero. The London Spitfire, uh, as we just heard, Boston Uprising three two on Dallas Fuel. Chengdu Hunters three two Atlanta Rain Sunday. The Philadelphia Fusion 3-1 over Paris. The Washington Justice mm-hmm. 3-2 over the Florida Mayhem. Cool. Atlanta Reign 3-1 over the Houston Outlaws. And then as we already heard, the Vancouver Titans were 4 over Guangzhou Charge. I do believe, so the Boston-Dallas match was compelling for a number of reasons. Uh, it gave Boston a shot at being the playoffs, but set forth at least the wheels of motion that made Sunday much more compelling. And I think while we had suggested Houston Atlanta was an important match, that Washington justice went over the floor to man. <laughs> that was that, a rough viewing. Holy like, hell. That match was nuts. Like I, <laughs> so the, for those keeping score at home, uh, I had to get myself down to the unofficial watch party and I was here watching the justice go up two nil on the Florida man. 
I'm like, oh my God, the justice are going to pull this off. The mayhem of nothing. I, you know, get on the bus, hop on the train, uh, get down to the railway, and lo and behold, the Florida mayhem are now tying it up 2 2. <laughs> like, it, it, it was someone was joking that neither team wants to win, realizing <laughs> that there isn't much more left for them to do. <laughs> yeah, even the commentators were kind of in awe at what was going on. Like it, it was nuts. And like they, there was crazy decisions being made. Both teams were like trying to throw and I know they weren't, but it's what it looked like. It was nuts. Now the one match that did have huge playoff implications was that Atlanta rain three, one win over the Houston outlaws because that win bumped Dallas out. So Dallas sayonara because of the map differential, uh, Houston, uh, unfortunately for them, because of map differential were out before it was even over. And uh, that left the Boston uprising clinging on to what was designed as hope and the Vancouver Titans delivered. Now we've got through the results. Let's talk a little bit about what then happened because of all the results in this unbalanced schedule that the Overwatch League has, it resulted in a number of ties. Now at first it was sort of some, I don't know, lack of understanding of how the tiebreakers would work because on overwatchleague.com, they actually listed only a couple of the tiebreakers, but they had talked about invitation to the playoffs, which initially led people to believe that, oh, tiebreakers are only going to apply when teams tie to make the playoffs or not, which again, still seems odd because seeding is important as we learned. Well, what we eventually learned was no, tiebreakers needed to occur for all ties in the playoffs. And they only had three separate <laughs> criteria. Uh, it was the uh, map differential, uh, head-to-head, and then head-to-head maps. And the problem is that not all teams played each other, which then left differential. And if you're tied because of differential already, that came down to, huh, what do we do next? So the Overwatch League approached all the teams and offered up, you could have a non-broadcasted match or a coin flip. Well, what we saw or did not see was that the uh, tie between the Defiant and the uh, Shock, was it? No, Fusion. Fusion. Fusion, sorry. The tie between the Defiant and the Fusion was decided by coin flip. And the Shock uh, Soul Dynasty uh, tie was decided by a match, which as rumors would have it, the uh, the Defiant, sorry, the dynasty wanted the coin flip, but the uh, shock wanted to play. <laughs> and all- we all luck- lucked out because there was a crazy game with crazy plays and highlights. So I'm happy. Oh yeah, did you? Did, yeah, the San Francisco Shock were Amazing. on Twitter. Like, stop what you're doing right now. Go to their uh, social feeds on Twitter. San Francisco Shock has all the great plays from that game. And those camera angles they were getting, like those are the camera angles they need to include Same. in the all access pass. You guys are mean right. people. So can you explain to me why Seoul went in with their B team? Like, was that a matter of, we don't want to go and show any of our strats or was that, well, we don't think we have a chance to beat uh, the uh, San Francisco shock. So, ah, what the hell (laughs) we'll give our A team a, a bit of a chance to go in and prep and practice for NYXL. It could be also, uh, 
option C, fire noodles were involved in the day prior. That's true. I mean, fire noodles are now a, a <laughs> thing that are, you know, it, it, it goes across all meta. <laughs> That's true. It's meta proof. Yeah. And we didn't get to actually see much of the match outside the highlights that the, the shock were sharing, but for all intents and purposes, soul through. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of lost as to why they did that. I mean, going up against NYXL seems to be like a proper punishment for doing that. So I don't know what was the decision process behind that. But well, name a more you know a more uh, epic like duo than uh, Soul Dynasty and odd decision making. So it's not new. That's true. It's definitely not new. I mean. I don't know. I don't have much to say about it. I really hated how they did the tiebreakers, like one team doing a coin flip and one team playing a match that's un- like, what's the point of untelevising a professional game? Like, like wh- why? Like, why even do it? Why don't they just play checkers or something? Like, it, 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 it really wouldn't have mattered. You might as well have done the coin flip, which one team did anyway. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense and it's not thought out. Like, we can yeah. easily put in other tiebreakers. The only issue is they we didn't think of this, you know, before the season started, and now it would have been a little unfair. Like, like we could have done something cool, like um, environmental kills. That could be a tiebreaker. That's like fifth round, sixth round. Another one could be like support limbs. Like that's pretty cool. Like so, so rewarding different teams for for trying different things, so that you know there's there's different elements to the game, right? Versus okay, we'll have three tiebreakers, but. Uh, like there's two, there's four different teams that broke all three and tied anyway. So we're going to just do something goofy like that. That makes no sense to me for, for a league that has hundreds of million dollars in it. Like that, honestly, like that's unacceptable to yeah. me. Like it came down to logistics in my opinion. It's just the matter of fact is like they didn't agree mutually uh, to the coin flip, like uh, happened with fusion and defiant and, and, San Francisco knew they were confident that they're going to be able to win it, and they locked out, I guess. Well, we do know that there will be a tweak to the tiebreak rules that will be released uh, at a later date, and we're going to talk more about some of the Stage 2 updates later on in the fray. But to talk a little bit about tiebreakers themselves, what possible tweaks, like, Sam, you bring up good points, environmental kills, what have you. Uh, Other suggestions that I've seen talked about is regulation wins. So those who have more wins in four, as opposed to the map five tiebreaker, they would be given uh, a sort of added value. Um, If you just look at the map differential, and we were talking about it to Omni, myself and Michael, where if the, let's say the Vancouver Titans had won three, one over the charge, the Titans and the Excelsior would have been tied on pure map differential, but that's actually not entirely accurate the map differential score is calculated purely from wins less losses the problem however is that the new york excelsior actually drew a map so if we think about the actual result as being wins loss draws the titans would have had had they again lost 3-1 a win loss draw of 23 7 and 0 while the new york excelsior would have had 22 6 and 1 so theoretically the Titans would have won one more map than the Excelsior. In my mind, that win should be worth more than that draw would be. Now, yeah, the counterpoint, oh, well, they lost one more. To be honest, 
at the end of the day, wins are what's most important. That's where the points are given, not from draws. But the fact that they only had three criteria and then had to go and ad lib is what's odd. Nearly every professional league, and again, this is more in the traditional side because that's where my experience lay, has a number of contingencies. Like it, it goes deep because, I mean, hell, to use baseball, there ain't no ties in baseball. Well, let me ask you this. Did they have that in their second season? Probably not. So I assume they just underestimated the parity and then they learn as they go. And to their credit, they are already putting in the fixes. But yeah, it's kind of ridiculous what happened there. But I'm not going to lose sleep over it, I guess. Uh, yeah. It's, Here, it's here's one more open. one that's free for you. Do the Do the cheers. Tiebreakers <laughs> can go to the cheers. Oh, gosh. Right? Like, this allows the fans to get involved encourages more cheering that is a money maker That's do you go by maker. like decibel levels or no 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 like the, no, no, no. the bits that are cheered oh, oh. watching on twitch <laughs> i thought in the arena itself no no, no. like you, i mean you can get ridiculous and do like like hats sold and stuff like that. But like, that's a way to build engagement, right? Like that one's a freebie for you. Overwatch league. Next one will charge. Yeah. That, and that we're, we're helping them generate revenue. That's, that's I like, true. I like the way you're thinking there, Sam, uh, back on track. However, let's talk a little bit about the matchup. So the way it breaks down, Vancouver Titans face the Boston uprising. The New York Excelsior are facing the soul dynasty. The Toronto defiant will face the San Francisco shock and the Philadelphia Fusion will face the Atlanta Reign. Now, we already have Vancouver winning. So, of the New York Excelsior Soul Dynasty, um, how uh, long does that take? Because, safe to say, Soul's not going to win. Soul will drag it out. I think they will not drag it out that much. One one map win to Soul. I thought it was like a 2-4 win. So, it'll be like a 3-1 or whatever the equivalent is. Okay. So, New, York goes, so New yeah. York's going through. Toronto Defiant, San Francisco Shock. Ooh, the best matchup, in my opinion, uh, for the first round of the playoffs by far. Uh, I don't know. I was jumping back and forth, back and forth. (laughs) I wanted to give it to Toronto because I saw great improvement. They, they They probably are the team that improved. Like every, every game that they played, they just got better and better. But I still don't think that's enough to match uh, the peak that San Francisco Shock has shown us. So I give it 3-2 to San Francisco Shock. Ooh, Again, upset. whatever. Yeah, the yeah an upset, really. But whatever the equivalent is to that 3-2, uh, I think San Francisco Shock advances. Is the Atlantic weaker than the Pacific? Hmm... And, and and you you guys know the reason I'm asking that, right? Because because um, I mean Toronto obviously was was third overall, second I guess in Atlantic if we if we do the math or we count that coin flip or whatever. Um, but I feel like the Shocker are a much better team, personally speaking. My only question for them is, can they close? They haven't shown that they can close out matches, especially against good teams. Um, you've I don't have the record in front of me, but all the teams they've beaten are teams they're, you know, quote unquote, supposed to beat outside of maybe the, the playoff match they played today where it's, it's supposed, you know, according to the standings, just should have been closer. What um, was their third loss? I can't remember. Was it Gladiators by any chance? Not sure. I, I, we'd have to dig back and do a whole bunch of clicking, which uh, Chris won't like to edit out. 
<laughs> well, um, to answer the earlier question, there are three Pacific teams and five Atlantic teams in the stage playoffs. Yeah, and and I feel like that's because the the weaker teams in the the Atlantic are getting stomped. Therefore, the the Atlantic, you know, the upper tier teams are getting better records. Okay. It was actually yeah, it was actually gladiators in in the first week. <laughs> Interesting. So like I I honestly and the gladiators didn't even make the playoffs, right? If I'm yeah, like they didn't. I could foresee if the gladiators were in the Atlantic having Toronto's spot. Yeah, and they only started playing well as the stage went on beyond week three, four, and five. So, so long story short, I think you know, in all true Toronto fashion, they'll drag everything out. So, go to seven, four, three shock. By the way, they had these, you know, between the games, they have these uh, questions, multi-answer questions, and one of the new questions was actually confirming your theory about Toronto. They had played the most uh, minutes. In the Overwatch League in stage there one. There you go. They get the most screen time, just like everything Toronto. <laughs> and then they complain that nobody talks about them. <laughs> mm. So both of you have the shock over the Defiant. Yeah. I will agree. I'm, I think me, this is a coin flip. It is not truly a three versus six seed matchup. Yeah, it's um, very close. It, and, I, and it's difficult. Like it is, you know, if the shock win, it's quote unquote an upset, but to me, it's 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 a that would be more of a four five, and if that like a a four and a half, four and a half. Uh, I'm gonna go with the shock. I I <laughs> peer pressure. No, I well yeah, to some respect, but I think the two of you and what you've said have convinced me. But it wasn't hard to pull me over to that side. I had it as Toronto, but I was conflicted by by that thought. Go down with the ship. Yeah. yeah, and then the uh, last matchup: Philadelphia Fusion, Atlanta Rain. I have this as the Fusion. As much as I think the Rain, you know, are a very compelling team, I feel the experience the Fusion have of having gone to the game before bodes well, especially as we see this format change. Mm. This was also close in my eyes because not not because of good reasons, but because of bad reasons. These are very unstable teams. They have shown us very, very low lows and okay highs, I guess. Still, I feel like the Fusion have kind of a displayed in the past the clutch factor, and that's that might be the thing that will push them through again. It could go either way, but I'm I'm having it for the Fusion as well. Yeah, I think I think uh, Dogman may just end up feeding. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, he's a good guy it seems, but he does he does die an awful lot. I, th- I think he's actually ranked, uh, I guess, first or last, depending on how you want to phrase it, in in deaths on on Zen. Um, teams can't win if they only have one support. So. Yeah, it all depends on whether he's uh, Pogman or Dog. Wait, are we allowed to swear in this podcast? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it means I got to check a check mark. <laughs> uh, yeah. So to recap, then we've got the Titans going through. We've got the Fusion going through. We've got the Shock going through, and we've got the Excelsior going through. That means that the Vancouver Titans would then face the uh, San Francisco Shock based on the reseeded semifinal and the Excelsior would face the fusion. So uh, Titans shock. This is a match we've seen already. I don't like this. Yeah. If there was an upset for over the Titans, I think this would be the one. 
Now I'm not, I'm not asking for us to predict a, a score, but if we had to go and, and put our money down, are we confident that the Titans, when push comes to shove, all things are equal, pull out the win? Or do we look at this matchup and actually wonder, you know, we saw that, that match against the Shock, and it wasn't as definitive as we would have liked. What I'm afraid of most is not whether we're better than the Shock. I truly believe that we are. I'm afraid that the Titans are too concerned with their matchup against NYXL, and they're, they're going to pull an NYXL and uh, <laughs> dropping a game that they should win. And never getting there. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think we will get to the finals, yeah. but I'm not sure all three of us may survive. I'm most worried about our blood pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, so that, that's the main thing. I don't think it'll be easy. I think it'll be, you know, you know, clinging on to the edge type stuff. Even, even if it ends up being like, I, we did four of the shock, right? I can't remember. But, three, one, something like that. But that, but that was, win was, was not indicative like of the score. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that already kind of set us, set us a couple of things back. Like, like I had to go get a personal trainer and like, <laughs> it, it was not good for my health. Um, so, so that's what I'd be concerned about that. That's the matchup I'd least like to see, um, you know, in our path to this kind of showdown with the Excelsior out of all the teams, actually. Okay. Mm. I'm, I'm quite concerned with that. Every, every time everybody waits for the finals, it, it never, like, turns out the matchup that everybody expects it to be. Yeah. That's why I'm not, like... Well, but... Obviously, Titans should win this. Okay, all three of us say the Titans, and all three yep. of us are worried as heck that that won't actually occur. Uh, in the other match, you've got the Excelsior versus the Fusion. Excelsior go through? No doubt, no doubt. They they yep. they will spank the Fusion because they they are still hurt from last year. I can't see them losing to the Fusion again. At least not this iteration of the current Fusion. Yep. Yeah. So, based on our winners, it's the matchup everyone is expecting: Vancouver versus New York. The uh, was it the immovable object versus the unstoppable force? <laughs> yeah. Which apparently, I, uh, so for those of you who don't know, Omni raised a good point that you can have an opinion that both are equally effective against the other, which <laughs> does seem to be odd because there are more people saying, "Oh, well, the N- NYXL more discipline, so therefore they're going to win." Discipline does not always win. You can run the best systems, but when discipline falls apart, you yeah. sometimes don't do so well. So I, I, I think the Titans win. I think so too. I think I'll just say I think the only teams that actually played well against Vancouver were the undisciplined teams. Yeah, because I don't think being passive and and waiting for your for the opponent and, uh, to make their move is a good strategy against the Titans. I'm also quite concerned that the NYXL are good enough and experienced enough to know that, so they might throw that curveball at us as well. I don't expect them to keep their uh, Discipline game plan against us if they want to have like a proper showdown in Vancouver. What if they throw Pine in there with the widow? Oh my <laughs> god! I'm not, like seeing uh, Happy giving me enough of a <laughs> concern. Seeing Pine on the other side. Holy shoot! I don't want to see that. Yeah, but I I think um, the Titans are gunning for them. Um, who is it that? Inven Global, they did they did an interview today with Sol Minsu and Twilight and Yang One, 
Mm. And and Twilight talks about Jonak being his rival. Solminsu talks about Nene. Um, they're definitely they're definitely gunning for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're in their heads, but but they're they're excited as it's a, to yeah, it's them, a so. terrific matchup across the board. Yeah, Quite yeah, the yeah. opposite of what what I talked about with uh, Boston. Every position is just ooh, so so close. You know, yeah. and actually throughout all of this, the one variable that we may have maybe overlooked is that the loser of a particular map gets to choose the next map. It's safe to say that if you're going up against the Titans, that you're going to go and you're going to pick Escort every opportunity you get, save for Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I I don't think teams would actively go and say Hollywood thinking that Vancouver is going to go and, and, uh, and hold that. And then the other uh, map type, I think teams will look to pick is assault. Mm-hmm. Hybrid and and control. Yeah, I think that's where I think the Titans have, you know, much stronger capability. But again, we don't truly know because of just how the the uh, maps were laid out for stage one. So we have the Vancouver Titans winning. Congratulations, yay! They get a big bonus. <laughs> um, just to quickly recap, uh, something we tweeted out a little bit earlier. Uh, there is a bunch of money that's involved with stage playoffs. So the stage playoff winner gets two hundred grand. The runner-up gets a hundred grand. Third place gets fifty. Fourth place gets fifty. Fifth place gets twenty-five. Sixth place gets twenty-five. Seventh and eighth both get twenty-five as well. So if you qualify for the playoffs, you get a twenty-five thousand dollars performance bonus. If you make the semifinals, you get a minimum of fifty, and if you make the final minimum of hundred, with the uh, winner taking home the two hundred. So you get sorry, you get the same if you're in third or fourth place. Yep. And and does do they play for third place? If I I, I don't. I don't think there is a third place. Uh, game. No, third no, place no match, there right? isn't. But they, it's. I mean, yeah. think of it as the, it's the semifinal loser. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. and then if so they do losers, assign a three and four, play it might be based on seed or something. Yeah. No, they don't <laughs> play for bronze. How many owl tokens do they get? Uh, well, probably three for every hour that they play. Not the 100, because I don't think those exist. Karana's going to get the most. I think Harsha got 100 tokens. Yeah, fix. Yeah, rigged, rigged. <laughs> like he needs them. Yeah. For sure. Enough of the stage one playoff finals and stage one itself, because the other huge news, and we're not even talking about the fact that Nate and Anza confirmed that there are going to be home matches next year. I mean, I don't think we have enough time in the podcast to talk about that, but the PTR patch with Baptiste and all of those balance changes went live. So we're not only going to get a new hero, we're going to have a whole lot of changes. So just to recap, uh, as far as uh, characters getting buffed, uh, Doomfist, Sombra, Genji, Symmetra, Moira, Soldier, Orissa, Hanzo, Hammond, Faro, they're all buffed in different ways, shapes, and forms. They're buffed. Adjustments are occurring to Zarya, McCree, Widow, May, Tor, uh, Zen, Junkrat. Uh, we're seeing changes to uh, how damage boost occurs, how uh, uh, Lucio's uh, Amp It Up occurs, uh, how in armor uh, gets damage over time effects. And then there are a bunch of nerfs as well, not as many but we have uh, a slight nerf to Anna. We've got a nerf to uh, Reaper. We've got a nerf to McCree and his speed or not McCree, sorry, Lucio and his speed. And we have uh, the new character who is Baptiste. So 
Why is this all that important? Well, Overwatch not only released the patch today, but the Overwatch League tweeted out that Baptiste and patch 1.34 will be live for stage two. Now, I'm going to talk about stage two updates momentarily, but gentlemen, is this the Goats Buster patch? I think the biggest nerf wasn't mentioned by you, actually. The recipient of the biggest nerf will be the the resident sleeper emote in Twitch chat. <laughs> well, you know, week one of stage two is going to just be nuts. It's going to be bonkers. I can't wait. Everybody looks like Chengdu. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, you know, we were seeing this conversation take place on the official Titans Discord. And I think, uh, I can't remember who it was that raised this point, but they had said that you're probably going to see the GOATS meta, the strong GOATS meta team, stick with it early on and maybe adjust accordingly unless they saw something in a previous match, depending on when they play. Um, you're going to see teams sort of in the middle of a pack or those where GOATS meta just wasn't their, their thing, probably dive into some crazy comps early on. There are also those that feel that this doesn't actually bust goats, that Baptiste could ultimately help buff goats. So mm. I think there's still a lot of things that need to be worked out. We're going to actually see that happen within the at least the first two weeks and possibly the entire stage as they as they feel feel out the changes. But this is huge. I mean, Omni, you and I were talking before we hit the record button here. No. Do you recall a patch as diverse as this one where we had this many changes plus a new hero? Yeah, the only thing that comes close is that another massive patch they had released when Brigida was released, but they did go through the patch. I think that was when Hanzo got buffed and all that, but no Brigida. So that's probably the biggest one so far, and it just uh, shows how desperate or, or how how much urgency there is in, in removing this meta. So, yeah, to be frank, I don't think... Goats was that exclusively run as people make it out to be, but for sure it was the de facto best and most played meta. But we already saw some uh, cracks in that Goats armor. We saw the Farah played a lot, not just by the the weird uh, compositions that Chengdu ran, and obviously Sombra was a big part of that patch. But what they did now, wow, it's just across the board, everything that makes Goats great, like the Lucio speed boosts, they're... they're practically nerfed to oblivion now we have the discord destroyed really uh we see the changes to armor and if you get the chance go to reddit or see some ptr just make the comparison everything melts now if you're a tank oh man that's looks pretty bad i even like got to play a bit today in competitive obviously it's just a small sample size in my very high uh, ranked uh, high plat <laughs> games, but I, I picked soldier, and there were like three DPS every time I played. Nobody nobody was angry, and we won the games pretty handily against the more uh, conservative composition. So I think that's what we we can expect from the for early stages. Nobody really knows what to do, and and we mentioned this as well. Uh, it's kind of a funny thing now that the teams that actually missed the playoffs, we also talked about it uh, before we hit the recording button, but teams that missed out on the playoffs, they have more time to kind of play around and mess around with that PDR patch. So they kind of get a head start there. Nice to see some, some more soldier. Yeah, definitely soldier and Farah. Um, Yeah. 
a lot of more. I think it will be very much a, a transition stage. I think the first first bit will be very very messy. So like I think I think the London Spitfire are going to come back in a big way. Um, they're they're not as bad as their their stage one you know turned out to be. Um, it's it's good. It's going to be fun. I think I'm looking forward to our kind of like stage two pre rankings getting all wrecked. There will definitely be more um, carry type of moments where just teams relying on their star DPS player just popping off, killing three, and that's how they win. Not because they had a better preparation or better, uh, like you know, prepared better prepared for the meta. But uh, I'm I'm all for that, and uh, the league itself is all for it as well. Uh, like many have said before me, we will probably get some of the rewards from playing goat so much people will be playing more uh as a unit keeping a closer eye to the alt economy there are benefits to having gone through such an excruciating meta but hopefully once we get more diversity in compositions we get to see a higher level of play with uh more highlight plays as well so more individualism for sure and i, I think yeah, you get the stars to be stars again yeah i think yeah. You know, I, I brought up the point that the that goats when was when it was played defensively or strategically was akin to you know trap hockey or or strategic you know baseball or or, or what have you, where you you almost need rules to generate offense to make the game exciting. You know, people come to see you know uh, people play. Not strong defense is great, but you need equally strong offense. If you look at goats, I think the way you know, a team like Vancouver played goats made it exciting. They were good at it, but it was also aggressive. Sure. They traveled as a unit, but it, you know, maybe it's my, my Vancouver bias as well, but I found that I enjoyed that play. But then when I would see, I'm trying to think who it was, it was like goats versus goats. And it was like, ah, just turn us off. They're playing chess. It, it and it wasn't even an exciting game of chess. If it, there's ever such a thing that drove me nuts. I prefer to see, diversity i want to see comps that you know can can go up against each other and don't have to be identical or just slightly different i i want to see you know teams paying more attention to alt economy uh we do know speed's pretty much gone like there's no mechanism now to really move quickly uh unless you're orissa who can actually get a speed bump uh she can shoot and move a little bit faster than she previously could so i yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what stage two will be like as far as our uh, our rankings go. So uh, side note, uh, the competitive Overwatch Reddit to summed up all of the uh, preseason or stage one rankings or preseason two stage uh, rankings. We finished 13 out of like 30. So we're at the uh, top half. That's because we use science. <laughs> and we're ahead of Over ESPN, yeah. <laughs> and we're ahead of some other, you know, very notable figures in... Uh, in the uh, Overwatch Can't League uh, spectrum. <clears throat> so props to us, but I don't know if we want to go back and try to do this again, going into stage two, because stage one's being thrown out the window with all these changes. Now, beyond the PTR patch, it went live with Baptiste. Stage two updates. As we talked about, stage two will have Baptiste with that patch. It will be live. The new map, Paris, is being added to the map pool, which also is changing. Now, the new map order is going to be control, assault, hybrid, escort and the tiebreaker will be one of the two control maps not already played in the series as far as the maps that we're going to see for control we're going to see lijang tower oasis and busan for assault we're going to see paris anubis and hanamura 
For hybrid, we're going to see Blizzard World, my favorite, Eichenwald, also my favorite, and King's Row. <laughs> and Escort, we're going to see Junkertown, we're going to see Gibraltar, and we're going to see Rialto. Did you know that uh, ESPN probably silenced your mic there for a second when you started trash-talking them? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's nice to see a lot of new maps, especially seeing an entirely new map that we never saw before in uh, Paris. Exciting times. Also from the interview that we saw with Simon Sue, uh, a lot of these maps are uh, favorites for the Titans, like Gibraltar, I believe, was Simon Sue's favorite map. Looking forward to Eichenwald as well. Uh, yeah, let's 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 go. You know, crossing that bridge on Eichenwald is going to be nuts. <laughs> yeah, like you you think about uh, whether it be hybrid or escort maps. I mean, Rialto, we've got the bridge early on, but it doesn't really come into play, right? Like it it oh, does, yeah, but it doesn't give up the bridge. But plus, on- did you did you see how they uh, buffed boops now? Oh yeah, it, you can boop stuff that's in the air, like. Yeah, suddenly you can see divas and Arisas flying around if they don't have like uh, you know, except for Arisa who can like, pop off her shift, I believe. Well, like a Winston jumping at you, you can boop them away. A Doomfist coming at you, you can boop them away. A diva, you can boop. You can boop a, a Hammond and stop his momentum. Like, right? Can you right. boop teammates? You cannot boop teammates. <laughs> no, man. If you could that boop teammates, cool. you know how many TKs I'd have. Launch. <laughs> Man, uh, you use it strategically. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Sam, come over here. Boop. Oh, my bad. Um, other team. Gen- oh, sorry. You can ahead. nudge. You can nudge them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just, but you're just you're <laughs> occupying their space. Not like I come over and you know keep booping my team off. Um, <laughs> other changes for stage two. Uh, the one that we talked about. There's going to be tweaks to the tiebreaker rules. Those specifics will be shared at a later date and. The Overwatch League has acknowledged that the 90-minute runtime they had predicted got thrown out the window, or as Sam would like to say, anytime Toronto played. Thanks, Toronto. So Yeah, they, they ended the average time for sure. So the match times will now be adjusted to 105 minutes. And what that means is that if you had created a schedule for all of the times after stage two, three, and four, your schedule is no longer accurate. But don't you worry, us at Ready, Set, Pwn are going to update our schedule that if you're using, all that will happen by auto magic. It's a task that I have on my plate either for uh, today, that being Wednesday, if you're listening live, or Thursday, but it'll be done in time of stage two. So don't worry, we will make that all take care of. the intern to do it. (laughs) I'm waiting. (laughs) But uh, if you are also curious, like, oh, what's the schedule you're talking about? Uh, just go to readysetpone.com slash schedule. Uh, all the information is there. I do feel bad for our, our good friend, Timber Flynn, who created a graphic for all of the match dates. Cause I think he also included the time. I might be wrong. Maybe he didn't, but if he did, that sucks. Cause that's like a full on like graphic design that he did. Get on it. Timber had to be done. Anyhow, here we are wrapping up our episode. It was a long one. We had, argued about how long was too long and we decided not to try to reach that threshold but there is a big weekend in front of us i'm hoping those of you who are listening are going to join us at the sports bar i will be there uh as we already know michael i think will be there sam and uh, omni will not uh, but i'm sure we'll get them out to another uh, watch party at some point down the road uh we are looking at the playoff matchups we broke everything down we've got the titans winning who would tune into a Vancouver Titans podcast where the Titans went seven and zero in a stage and think we wouldn't predict them as grand champions? 
Call off yeah. the rest of the season. It's done. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. And we talked all about all of the changes that are going to be happening in stage two, as well as this PTR patch that went live that I don't even have an opportunity to dive in yet. I didn't actually play a moment of the PTR. <laughs> so it's just crazy, 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 crazy. Oh, one last thing. I didn't actually uh, talk about it. So um, for those of you on uh, Twitter that have been following Race at Pwn, you may have noticed that I shared some pictures of the two shirts I ordered through uh, the, the Overwatch uh, League store or Fanatics. Um, the quality is, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. It's I've seen better sort of screen quality from, you know, corner store shop style things locally. The kicker, however, is the Vancouver Titans blue tee that I had. There's a aligned, like a silk screen or, you know, iron on line. It's as if my shirt got stuck in the machine and they went and screened it again. <laughs> so I pointed this out on, on uh, Twitter, just talking to someone else and fanatics reached out to me and said, Hey, let's make this right. Um, I said, well, if I have to ship back the shirt, cause I had it shipped to point Roberts and I'm not going to go through all this effort to go down there and pick it up and, you know, pay money and all this jazz. Like it's just that, you know, I don't want to run into No, no, no problem. We'll take care of it. So they're sending me a replacement shirt. So I will applaud them for trying to right the wrong. Watch the replacement shirt show up with more problems, like an off-center <laughs> logo or something. That would suck. I mean, good on them for trying, but I mean, I, I can't <clears> imagine <throat> that they're doing crazy in sales so far. So it's a lot of a lot of complaints for what I don't imagine to be a large batch of sales. So that's a little bit concerning. That's true. And actually, one further or two further merch notes. If you want a Titans jersey, they're going to have them for sale at the... Uh, watch party this weekend and then ultimate uh if you haven't followed twitter ultimate is now a merchandise partner they had uh, two uh, sweaters uh released in runaway colors i thought they were pretty sharp like i those look pretty cool yeah i had no problem yeah. with it cool and they are looking for more merch ideas in fact the president of the of the company uh was had suggested hey let us know your ideas and i was uh, i was talking to them about it so it was, you know again pretty cool i think uh, some good things are happening and it's in my mind, good to have a diverse uh, merchandise lineup. It requires those different partners to compete against each other. Could we suggest they make like a proper colors to the official uniforms and just release them? Well, <laughs> in parallel? I, 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 we could, I don't think ultimate gets the choice to do the uniform part. That's uh that's fanatics through and through. Not just putting it out there. Yeah. yeah maybe a blue sweater would be nice. make a sweater. Like, exactly the same design as the uniform just a sweater i'll wear that that seems pretty that's not a bad idea actually i uh, i want a jersey where are the jerseys <laughs> bring on the jerseys well what didn't you didn't oh you get a jersey at that watch party yeah but it was like three sizes too large and it's signed so oh yeah i gotta i gotta get a frame like omni yeah. and then and then take pictures of it every day for you thank you thank just, you I, it's been a while since omni shared his picture of his framed uh uh, that's a good reminder jersey, uh, for me. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's time for for another one of those. A retweet for all the listeners out there that ever go and say, "Hey, you know, Light Force, how can I support the podcast? Um, get me a signed Titans shirt, and you know, I'll frame it <laughs> just so that I don't have to deal with these two rubbing it in." Um, and oh, or better yet, if you go to an Overwatch League uh, uh, match in person, you're down there in LA. Huge props to the first person, or to every person, but the first person gets bigger props to hold up the I listen to Ready, Set, Pwn sign. Ooh, I'm just ooh. saying, that, that stuff doesn't occur, and if it does, 
I mean, we would we would be like forever in your debt. Yeah, we we'd have to do something special for that person. I don't know what it is, but I I just it's got to be a good sign though. It can't just be oh yeah yeah you know, freaking scratch yeah yeah not like pen on paper. Like put some, put some time in it. Maybe our logo would there be cool. Uh, if that <laughs> happens, I'll send Omni over to clean your house or something. <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> but as we wrap up our episode, gentlemen, any final words of wisdom you wish to share to our our listeners? Dread it, run from it. Bumpers charge arrives all the same. <laughs> the last comment I have is you can now buy Twilight's jersey. It's official. Oh, that's right. I saw that just before we hit the record button. Just in time for the playoffs. As for me, playoffs? We're, we're going to the playoffs. We're going to the playoffs. Uh, as for me, final words, uh, you know, keep supporting the podcast, join our Discord, talk about Ready, Set, Pwn, engage us on Twitter. Meet us at watch parties. You know, we love the fact that we're providing you, our listeners, something uh, that you crave. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I get asked, you know, what's your vision with the podcast right now? This is a hobby for me. And, and, you know, while some people run, I can't run. So I podcast. And I'm loving it. I won't speak for Sam or, or Omni, of course, because, you know, they're in it for the long ride, I'm sure. But uh, it's excruciating, but you know, you don't like running either. (laughs) Keep keep (laughs) letting us know your thoughts. Uh, We want to improve. Um, I will uh, let you know, we've got some uh, guests that we're lining up for future episodes. So please stay tuned. Some of these guests will amaze you. In fact, all of them could, but you'll have to continue to turn into the ready, set, poem podcast to ensure you don't miss a thing. So following us, readysetpwn.com on Twitter. We're at readysetpwn. Facebook, it's facebook.com slash readysetpwn. And if you ever wish to shoot us an email, as some of you do, the email address is feedback at readysetpwn.com. So on behalf of Omni at Omni Strife and Sam at another Sam Chan, I am Chris at Lightforce signing off with catchphrase. Thank you.